Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Trent Sosby. I'm Brian from Dead Zone the Podcast. And I'm Rob Fanuff. Welcome to the show, guys. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, obviously Dead Zone the Podcast. Give us a little primer on Dead Zone the Podcast. Sure. So Dead Zone, the podcast, for those that aren't familiar, is uh, kind of the sci-fi wing of, of the Mantic games. We cover pretty much the entirety of like the Warpath universe, which includes Dead Zone, which is their, their skirmish game, you know, Dreadball, which is their, their high-speed sports game, Star Saga, which is a little sci-fi dungeon crawler, you know, more recently, Firefight 2nd Edition, which is more of kind of a, a kind of squad-based combat game. That's played on on a bigger scale, like a, a four by four or four by six, with with a whole bunch of, of fun rules to it. It's an it's an exciting game, and so we we cover all that. We we have a kind of a once monthly podcast with whatever random episodes we fit in between sometimes. And yeah, we just we just have fun geeking out about uh, the sci fi stuff that Mantic puts out, and and all the other things that we want to to talk about. <laughs> That's how the podcast has been around a long time. Originally, it was Rob Harper and Jack. Yep. Four years ago? When? Did, when? How long ago did you take it over? Yeah. So so we are – I'm trying to think how many episodes into our, our fourth run. So I do it with uh, my co-host. His name is Rick Hall. Uh, he's he's also uh, very familiar in the scene as, as a Pathfinder who ran, runs a lot of uh, events and whatnot. Kind of the pair of us live in, in Michigan, and, and we just kind of – really gelled together. I was at his first Dead Zone demo ever. Drew me right in. Eventually, we, we took over the podcast uh, on episode 100 from, from the previous guys. And so I think we're on episode 139 just came out about a week ago. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a fun ride. Like We, we continue to uh, build upon you know what, what came before us and, and evolve the show. Uh, in, in a bunch of fun directions. Really, it's been a, a great way to to engage with the the community, which is always a, a you know a peak uh, component of of any Mantic game. Yeah, they're very accessible to the fans, right? And the community, you know, they listen and they and there's a, there's a dialogue there with the the community. It's not like this nameless entity. Yeah, feels like you know them. Obviously, Ronnie's front and center, and you guys had Ronnie on recently on an episode. If you haven't listened to it, you should. Yeah, it was a fun interview. <laughs> He's always entertaining. And ever since Rob Berman's been gone, no one's there to rein him in a little bit. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had Rob a, a couple of times. He was a, he was a good friend as well. It's, it's sad that he's gone, but you know, wish him wish him all the best uh, in his future endeavors. You never know. You never know. He could be back. The Circle of Life. This episode dropped on January 8th. So as you're hearing this, make sure you are at your computer at 1 p.m. Central Standard <laughs> Time for the Adepticon registration. Yeah. Get in there and get your stuff, you know, get your tickets. Do not wait. Get all your stuff squared away. And I'm excited. I don't know about you, Brian, but this is how many Adepticons is this for you? Oh, gosh. Is this my fifth one? Uh, so I, I, I did go to an Adepticon just as a player. Kind of my first Adepticon was that. 
and Rick was running like the dead zone tournament, I think that time. And then I think since then I became a pathfinder, like the following year uh, myself and have been running like dread ball and, and um, mostly the dread ball stuff. Uh, Rick was, Rick was, Rick had the dead zone for, for the longest time and I was running the dread ball tournament. And so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's my fourth or fifth year. Time flies. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And obviously Trent, this is your, going to be your first Adepticon. Yeah. Very first time. Really excited. Honestly, didn't even consider it Rob until you mentioned it to me. What has that been a few months ago now? You're welcome. <laughs> I started looking into it, right? But I started playing Kings of War. Like that's the first real war gaming, uh, like tabletop hobby that I started. I've always enjoyed going to the tournaments, the the two-day GTs where, you know, it's a Saturday and a Sunday. But when Rob sent me this link and I'm like, dude, this is like five and a half <laughs> days of just nothing but like all this game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is intense, but it, but it, but it's really cool. I know I've talked about it with some people before. After a tournament, after a Kings of War tournament, I feel like there's always kind of like a post-tournament hangover. Like as soon as you finish the last game, you're like, well, nah, I got to go to work tomorrow. You know, it's like back yeah, to reality. Yeah. This is going to uh, to elongate that process a little bit. Yep, yep. I don't want to jump off the rails too much, but Brian, I wanted to, to ask you, like, what's your uh, background in wargaming? Like, how did you find Mantic? How did you start? You know, how did you get into Dead Zone the first time? Sure. The brief version of the history is like I, I picked up, you know, back back in the day, <laughs> 40K third edition, I think it was. It was oh, the Black wow, Templar okay. box set with the Dark Eldar. I have the big orange catalog of the 1997 uh, Games Workshop Citadel Miniatures catalog book. You know, subscribed to White Dwarf and eventually got, uh, you know, just just fascinated with the the like battle reports and all that kind of stuff. The minis were, were always excellent. Played that. That was like in, in uh, high school time and then kind of fell out of it when I got to college. I just most of my, it was like my high school buddies and I, we all, we all kind of had armies. We all played against each other. And then we all went to different colleges and we like, they all started selling off their stuff. I hung on to mine uh, with that, that hope. Uh, <laughs> and I I'd picked up the, the Bretonian Lizardmen Warhammer Fantasy box set, which I think is a fifth edition. I, I can never keep track. Never played a single game of it mind you, but I, I love the minis of it and love painting them. And like since then, it, it really took a backseat for many years for me uh, until after college, I uh, again, like uh, went to a, you know, trying to break out of my, my hermit stage, went to a local game store, which was having a, like a board game day. And lo and behold, sitting at a table, there's this guy, this bald guy named Rick Hall, and he's got this setup of of terrain that's all like cube based and everything and he's got these little little army dudes all painted up and i'm like that speaks to me yeah <laughs> so i i sat down we played a, a quick game i'm like man this is this is really fun uh and again like it's it's firing on all those numbers that uh of, of those times that i was playing with my buddies and uh you know like since then like we became uh really fast friends very quickly <laughs> Uh, we played in like the, um, that was the same year. I think that's 2017 because it was the same year of the global, one of the global Kings of War events uh, was in the fall and, or the might've been the, the spring the next year. Cause I was like, I have a whole bunch of Warhammer fantasy stuff. 
back home in, in Wisconsin where my, my family is. Uh, so I brought all that over on Christmas break, uh, you know, the next time to, to play in that global tournament. And, uh, and we just had fun. And, and since then, you know, stuck with it, gone to, gone to a bunch of tournaments, ran a bunch of tournaments. Uh, the community, uh, we started a group called the, the Michigan Mantic Community, uh, the MMC, which ironically was minimum model count at the same time. <laughs> uh, and it was just like a little Facebook group of us. We started with, you know, five, five of us that would get together and it just kind of expanded. We kept shouting out on different groups to say, hey, you know, if you're if you're looking to play in Michigan, like this is where we're at. You know, just like pockets of people started kind of sprouting up around us and are discovering that there are people around us that play these games. And so, yeah, from there, it's just continued to grow. It's kind of funny as of this recording, like uh, I just I had a New Year's party and one of my gaming buddies was over a guy named Corey Booms, who's was one of the the like dead zone champions at Adepticon. He's five miles from my house now. And he has a gaming group of buddies that are like within three miles of us. So like there's slowly but surely, like we keep finding the, these people around you. And it's like, we need to get together more often. But yeah, so so that's that's kind of uh, the, the long and short story of it. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so love these games. Like I said, the community behind them are, are something I absolutely love about about what these games bring to them the the gameplay is always fun i always found that the the warpath universe itself is very like fluid and evolving and growing like space from a a storytelling perspective so it's it's very ripe for creativity which is another thing that i absolutely like that that some other games uh had had been seemed like they were very rigid in in the story that they were looking to tell and so that's that's another Feather in the cap, as I would say. Long and short, roundabout way of saying that's how I got here. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! It sounds like Michigan's the place to be for the Manta community too. At least where you're at. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's been crazy. Like our our Facebook group, I think, is at 180 members. Granted, some of them are our friends that are from further away. <laughs> right, right. But uh, but no, it's it's continued to grow, and and you know, even as a month ago, we had somebody pop in saying, "Hey, I'm moving to the area." And he's one of the guys that's, you know, four miles from me. <laughs> so like every time you turn around, there's, oh, there's a guy living right down the street. Yeah. Yeah. You and Scott, right? Don't live very yeah. far from each other. Kind of, kind of famously from the, the Michigan GT, one of the, the, I think it was my second game in the Kings of War tournaments a little over a year ago, not this last one, but the one before, uh, I just kind of happened to ask, uh, you know, my opponent, you know, having a good time, I'm losing. And <laughs> I'm like, I'll say, you know, where are you guys from? And he's like, Oh well, this is his first Kings War tournament. He's like, I live down in in Livonia, Michigan. I'm like, oh really? Where in Livonia, Michigan? It's like on this street, and this you know just south of this street. I'm like, I'm on that street and this street, and when we're we're five minutes away from each other, <laughs> yeah, it, it's we're we're all out there. You just have to ask questions. <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm kind of random question because i'm newer um you know i've been playing kings of war for just a few years i'm a little bit newer to the uh, dead zone firefight warpath Mm -hmm. the warpath universe encompasses firefight dead zone and dreadball yes right and and star saga so yeah warpath is kind of their umbrella for their pretty much their entire sci-fi range got it got it okay 
Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's not okay. Well, should we jump in and talk about what we're going? Uh, what's on our hobby desks, Brian? Why don't you start us off? Uh, well, it kind of as we were uh, recording earlier, the my my wife likes to watch football, and so I've I've found that it's a it's a perfect time to kind of sit there, be a supportive spouse, and just be painting minis alongside. Is it is she a Lions fan or? Is she oh a- yeah. And 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 hey, you know, credit where it's due. The Lions have been doing really well. Yeah, they won. They won big today. So yeah, they won big they're today. They went eight and eight. And they have a chance. Take that. A team Bears. that lost seven games in a row to be having a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, man, the yeah. future's bright. No, it, it's it's been an exciting time, but at the same time, like it, it's it's been really beneficial from a hobby perspective for me because you know these games are like four hours long. You know, otherwise, you're just kind of sitting there, and so I've I've been finding like. We've got a nice little space in our basement where we've got the TV up. My hobby stuff is just behind it. And so I can just bring out a little tray and be painting up. I have been making a nice dent in my my Northern Alliance set that I've been uh, gearing up for ambush um, because that I found that is like key for me to, to build out a, another Kings of War force is like, I'm going to build it for ambush first and I'm going to you know grow grow on it from there. It's so much more manageable to do that, right? To be like, okay, let's get that block of 750 points and then we can go to yep. 1995 and then 2300 instead of sitting down and being like, okay, I have 15 units to paint, <laughs> you know? Because I won't lie, like in, in any given like session, like six to seven minis is my cap. But I found like that's my nice manageable amount. I've done it in the past where like, I'm like, okay, I've got, I've got a horde of clansmen to paint and i'm like and i'm gonna do all of them the the one baseline and i'm gonna do that and like oh man i lost so much steam just doing that that like i put off the project for months until football season picked up and i'm like yeah no let's let's do okay we we got six of them they look nice let's you know move on to the next set of so on and so forth one of my my kind of things i was most proud of coming out of 2022 was for my frost giant because I have a, a water tribe themed Northern Alliance list put together. I have a Korra statue oh. that was 3D printed. Finished painting that statue up, which for me was was is kind of one of those like pivotal moments because I'd had it printed for months, like almost the whole year. I think I had this thing, and I was always a uh, hemming and hawing, and like oh, you know. Do, do I feel like I'm at that level that I can do this model justice? Because it was a really nice, you know, model. And I just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bite the bullet. We're gonna make this thing happen. And I think it, it turned out really nice. I did have to have that moment where I'm like, okay, stop touching it. <laughs> like, all right, you, you know, set it up, set it aside. It's you've done you've done good. Don't make don't make uh, good the enemy of however that phrase goes, perfect, the enemy of the good. And yeah, that was that was really a fun thing to, to do. And I'm going to, I think I'm going to keep that momentum going, especially while football is still going on. And then I've also been building out my firefight stuff, just added a bunch of like another six minis or so to some to my GCPS, some to my Forge Fathers, because I, I started doing the math and I'm like, oh, I can do a thousand points GCPS a thousand points enforcers and a thousand points forge fathers. So it's, it's kind of a nice thing to have as, as a demo army of being able to like have some of these nice 
you know, really iconic things that Mantix made that really stand out. Like I've got one of the Forge Father tanks. I'm excited to get that painted up. I got a, a starter set for Enforcer so I can have their bomber and jet bikes and stuff like that. I think Mantix got some really eye-catching model ranges out there. And I think it's really neat to, to get them on a board when you're doing like a demo or something and have people go, oh, wait. I've never seen that before. That looks cool. Yeah. So that's kind of what's been on my my hobby plates. You got a lot going on, Brian. I've actually been doing a lot more than most, like, and that's like for the rest of the year. Like previously, like I had done very little except some GCPS stuff. And so now it's just kind of like all coming in. It's like, I'm in the mood. I'm in the groove. Yeah. You got to like ride the manic hobby energy, right? Like when Mm -hmm. you feel like it. And then I think what you were talking about with your frost giant sculpt, like waiting, waiting to get started on it. Yeah. I feel like that's half of the battle for me. Honestly, three quarters of the battle for hobbying because mm-hmm. I have like all these ideas in my mind. Right. And then uh, an example is the undead army I'm working on. So undead army was my first army for Kings of War. Okay. Um, but then I made forces in nature and I was much happier. Like I, my, obviously my painting skills, basic skills got a, le- mm-hmm. a little bit better. So I was like, okay, I really want to do Undead Justice because I like the idea of having multiple armies so I can like yeah. teach my friends, do demo games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I just remember I put it off. Like I moved to Germany and I knew that that was the first thing I wanted to do on my on my hobby schedule, right? But yeah. I put it off for – I moved here in July. I don't think I started until the end of October. And I just <laughs> remember I had this huge – I had this legion of zombies and everything Ooh. was super glued down. I'm actually holding the sculpting tool where I was like, all right, I'm going to sit down here. I'm going to pop all 105 Whoa. zombies off. <laughs> I remember the feeling where I put it under there, right? And I twisted and it popped off. And I was like, all right, I'm doing this. And then it yeah. just, like, that was it, right? Like, so nice. I started since then. But that's all it took was just getting started. Yeah, more power to you. Yeah, yeah. That's the biggest thing for me is just, it's a huge rebasing half of the stuff that I have. And then I, and then I bought another, like I bought a three hordes of the uh, undead zombie the zombie trolls mm. got a couple of characters uh got a couple of the uh undead dragons too and then the only thing i'm trying to think yeah the only thing that's not going to be mantic for this is uh i'm just i'm not a real big fan of the the whites the sculpts i didn't like okay. the metal ones and i know they come out they came out in resin i don't know just didn't really do it for me so i'm using some g-dub uh, spirit host for my white models but other than that gotcha. everything's all mantic Nice. Yeah, so I'm I'm super excited about that, but that's uh, that's taking up the bulk of my time. And then at some point when I finish that, I want to actually start knocking out a firefight army, which uh, is going to be Forge Fathers. Nice. Like you said, the the some of the, the Forge Fathers, uh, the first time that I saw them, I think it was the first game I played with Tyler Schultz. Yeah, I was a Forge Father. He was Marauders. I just remember mm-hmm. seeing the the huge tanks, like guns, so cool. and can't even remember what they are. That the Iron Ancestors, yeah, Iron Ancestors. Like, oh, dude, these are these are so cool. Like mm-hmm. they, yeah, they're really cool. You know what you need to do, Trent, is you need to find the first edition whites. They were infantry sized, and they were like basically like revenants in battle armor with giant weapons. They were like badass. Like, oh, see, yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is you could you could you could put those into your army as like characters and stuff. The, the first edition oh, whites were, all, yeah. were not on 40s. They were on 20, 20 millimeter bases. Yeah. They're like an infantry yeah. size. But that'd be cool. You know, because it's funny. Mantic's been around a long time, guys. I mean, 
2010, I think was their first range yeah. that was released. Yeah. You know, you're talking about 12 years. They've put out some models that they don't make anymore. Uh, anybody remember the Dracon Riders? <laughs> From the elves or like these little fat metal Dracons. They were they were they were very cute. So this is a random piece of mantic knowledge that I know, but didn't first edition whites have crushing strength four? Uh, I think you're right. I want to say they did. They were also oh, individuals, wow. but I don't yeah, they were they were badass. They were badass. And I think I recall they were in a unit of three. Like that was the regiment. I don't think you could take them as a horde. I think they were just a unit of three. Oh yeah. But they were three yeah. 20 millimeter guys like it was weird first edition was, was a weird game was, that's <laughs> yeah that's interesting like that was the yeah. the unit like the footprint yeah. i'll have to bring i'll have to bring yeah. up the old rule books for adepticon yeah. we, we, you could take a look through them i think you yeah. get a kick out of it i got the uh, first edition rule book forever ago like i found one for sale and i because I, I started in second and i was like oh dude it'd be kind of cool to have all of them and i remember that was the first thing i looked at was okay i'm gonna go see what undead was and i was like what are all these stats? Like this doesn't make <laughs> it was pretty cool though to see how it's evolved. The nerve function has changed a lot. The way that mm. we mechanically yeah. it's different. It, it was the same net effect, but it was the way it was done was different. So what else is on your table? How's your undead army coming along? It's coming along really well, right? I've gotten to the point where all of I'm I'm a huge multi-baser. Like that's probably my favorite part of the hobby is actually doing the bases. So before I build, before I do anything. I make my bases up to a certain point because like I don't add the tufts and stuff until after I put the models on. So that is kind of like once I see it, you know, what the army is kind of going to look like as footprint size, then I start getting excited. So I'm going to finish basing around the uh, Mantic ghouls and zombies that have the little disc on there. Finish doing that. And then it's going to be build mode. Yeah, obviously, we talked about this. You're not cutting off the disc. So how are you basing them? Yeah, so I'm gluing the so I'm I have a MDF for multi bases, so I'm super gluing. Well, I put a pane of a, a a coat of cheap craft paint. I don't know why I couldn't say that <laughs> uh, down just to protect the MDF a little bit. Super glue the little disc dudes, the ghouls and zombies, straight to it, and then I have a Vallejo thick mud acrylic, the European mud. To kind of fill those gaps where the uh, the disc, it's probably like two or three millimeters, just to kind of smooth out the the land form a little bit. Well, it also makes it texture on. so that you don't have yeah. to paint, right? You can yeah. add tufts to it when you're done. Or maybe some static grass with very little effort. So that's awesome. Yeah, I was surprised. This It's the first time I've used any of, um, I don't know what you call it, like paste. Uh, the, it's modeling paste. It's got texture in it, so it's got some sand and some grit. Yeah. So it, And it... It can be sculpted a little bit. I was really happy with it. Like I can honestly see myself using that for for other applications too. And I just put it on with an old uh, old brush I had laying around. It was super easy because it's acrylic base. You can you can use water to smooth it out if yeah. you want. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. Yeah, Robert. But but uh, what about you? What do you got working on? I haven't seen my family in a couple of weeks. I, I've been spending painting. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got so at this point I've got ten tyrants done. I've got twelve rhinosaurs done. I still have to. I'm working. Well, I only got four of the cavalry, so now I'm doing the cavalry. Got two of the Kilodons. And then after all those, once the, the next eight rhinos or cavalry riders are done, I'll be moving on a, a couple hordes, uh, like 10, 12 Gorge Wings. You know, I started playing with lists for 2,300 points. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's not enough points. For all the stuff I want, <laughs> I need more than 2,300 points. You know, I'm like, ah. So I don't know. Like, I was originally going to do a ceremonial guard horde, but like, I don't know if I can make it fit. Because right now I've you know got two hordes of tyrants, two hordes of rhino cav. I've got amber sprites, lachilodons, a bunch of heroes, two hordes of scorch wings, phoenixes, phoenixes <laughs> plural. 
I don't know what the plural Phoenix is. Is that just Phoenix? I don't know. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got to like, I, it's, it's a challenge. Like I'm all this cool stuff. The, the, the coolest part is I got, I, I got the slasher model, the, the Salamander slasher model. And he's amazing. The Gekatoa are like so cool. <laughs> I don't have 200 plus more points to spend. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I had an epiphany last night. I was like, Oh, this is totally how I'm doing the bases. Now, this is way beyond my skill right now. So I've got to learn some stuff. And you'll appreciate this as a man who's trying to learn digital modeling. My basic plan is I'm going to take a building, whatever that building is. I'm going to take the model and I'm going to cut off the front surface. All right. Okay. That front surface is going to be on the, the base with the unit. And then on the display board, the rest of the building will be there. And when you put the unit into the display board, it will complete the building. It could be a vertical surface. And then like for scorch wings, uh, maybe there's, there's a unit where I can lift off the top of the building. Mm -hmm. And so, and then drop it back on. Like they're flying. Right. I've been looking at these STL files and I'm like, okay, what I had to learn though, (laughs) is I've got to learn to slice. Yeah. Uh, Ideally what I'd love to do is obviously the big building is too big. I'm going to have to ABS, you know, the, the regular, printer for that and i've got luckily i've got a store that does all the printing for me but what i would like to do is when i cut that facade off i want to do that on a resin printer so that the 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 fidelity of the of the print is that oh, much better yeah. so i have downloaded tinkercad and i've you know I'm, I'm in some classes you know they've got some online class i'm gonna learn yeah that's a good tip too like when you're trying to learn you know if you want to do something figure out how to do it and then learn like you dive in and then yeah, that's, you know, so that's kind of what I was thinking. Add something to your toolkit, right? You, what you said just reminded me, and I can't remember who told me to look at this article the first time. There's a Dash 28 article. I think it, I'm trying to find it right now. It's Mike Adkins's Undead Army. He has a graphic of what you said of how he like slotted in his multi bases. And then, you know, it would be like part of a wall would be running through one unit and then part of a house or something like that. But yeah, his army's done like a painting where it's got a specific, you're supposed to view it from a specific angle. Gotcha. Because it's, it's really cool. If you haven't seen it, it's an amazing army. I like where your mind's at though. I can't wait to see that at Depticon, right? It's all going to be done planned. So <laughs> March is coming up quick. <laughs> I know. And then I, I yeah. do have a thousand points of GCPS to paint, but mm. Those I think are going to do with contrast paints. A zenithal highlight with contrast paint is probably the way the direction I'm going to go. No, it, it it works really well for those models. There, there's a lot of like nice little details that that contrast will pick up uh, easily. And so, yeah, I I definitely recommend it. GCPS is fun. <laughs> I love the models. I think they're they're cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to I want I think I've told this before. I want an aliens theme, so I want to take one of the Striders and give him the claw. Yeah, yeah. have like a xenomorph in his claw or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> Dude, the Striders are so cool. Like, it's like they some of the fire. Honestly, all the firefight models. Every time I've looked at them, they've just been like, wow, like this is amazing. You know, it, yeah, they're really really good, especially the vehicles. I think too, though, the fact that they're individually based. Yeah. Because you're not having to integrate it onto a bigger base. I think you can really more di- maybe dynamically pose. Like the Striders got one kneeling. I got one running. And yeah, probably could have one jumping. That'd be awesome. It kind of makes me think of like one of the changes for Dead Zone 3rd Edition was uh, they changed out how line of sight kind of worked. Because it used to be like if you can see any little bit of, of the model, you can you can shoot at it. 
And now they've changed it to more of kind of a, a silhouette style where it's like, you know, core core body, like if you can see that and if it's within the base base, like the then then it can be targeted. But what that leans into then is you can do some really neat dynamic modeling and positioning and stuff like that uh, without having it, you know, adversely affect your gameplay. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So now it doesn't matter if there's like just an, an elbow sticking out further or something like that. Because it was always like, you know, Veerman, the little the little rat people, like you could hide the tail behind like a, a corner of the wall and, <laughs> and it could either protect them from getting, you know, blasted with a clear shot or it could be, you know, uh, I, I, I stick my tail around the corner just that little bit and I can see the entire lane kind of yeah. thing. Now it's a, yeah, you got to have like your core torso like visible to see things right it was a controversial change at the time but it's the right change it's the right change and you know what no one's really talked to like complained about it since kind of like going to kings of war direction which is more abstracted line of sight right Mm -hmm. a systematic line of sight because true line of sight is problematic yeah, it's tricky, and and you know we're we're much taller than the things that we're we're doing the line of sight for. But yeah, it's it's a it's a fun time. So Brian, what's your next project for writing? I've read a lot of your stuff. What's what's next on the docket for you? Oh, thanks. It's kind of funny we were talking a little bit about lore earlier because I was gonna throw out there. There's there's a quarterly like fan fiction writing contest that goes on at uh, Ronnie the Bard of Mantica on Facebook. Uh, it's it's a little Facebook group of people that enjoy uh, you know all all things Mantic and and writing stories for it. My latest story, which is probably going to be available to read by the time this episode airs, uh, they've been submitted for this contest. They're due at the end of every uh, third month, and so this one was the theme was goblins in honor of uh, Rob Berman, who is you know a giant uh, goblin fan, and so. My story for that was is kind of this weird combination of Captain Harlock meets Waterworld in space, where a marauder, the orcs of the Warpath universe, you know, is a pirate captain, and he sends some goblins to go board another ship, and he does so by launching them in their little grunt bots, which are these these little mech units that goblins pilot. It was really fun to write when I finally got the the groove for it had the idea for the longest time is like i need to write this because it's coming up in the end of the month but yeah so it's it's been a a really fun challenge i've done eight contests now because it's four each year uh it's it's been just really neat to kind of flesh out this this space all of my stories that are kind of set in the same universe because i've done one fantasy story that's that's northern alliance themed but the the rest of the the sci-fi stories i've written are actually all interrelated in some way like characters from you know the end of one story will show up like this pirate captain was in was mentioned in one of the previous stories i wrote so it's it's just kind of fun to again just that this this universe is so organic and you have such creativity and and unlimited potential to tell a story whether it's like a, a gritty cyberpunk you know noir set in you know this metropolis kind of space or like you know, a, a plucky firefly style romp on, on the fringe of space. So it's all good. It's And it's fun to write. And I've, I've got more and more ideas 
and less time to write it. So. Trent, this sounds right up your alley, bro. I don't know why you what. I know. Can you can you say the name of that Facebook page again? Link in the show notes, by the way. Yeah, we'll, we'll put the the link in the show notes. It's Ronnie, uh, the Bard of Mant- Mantica, is the the Facebook group. Uh, there's like 400 members, and but we routinely like in these these quarterly contests. You know, we we've had it range from I think one time we had like eight submissions. Uh, but usually there's there's a staple of like three or four of us that have have you know been doing it each time. Oh yeah, that's that's kind of a fun part of it is like you know if you if you really have a story to tell, you can really get into the groove and and make that you know the one that you submit for. But then you can you have that ability to like okay, I need to need to take time, I need to back off, you know let let something you know speak to you and and you know find your muse again. For me, it's it's been kind of a fun challenge to kind of work within those those constraints of like okay we have a theme that we need to to base this around it's it's usually pretty kind of nebulous and interpretive what that theme you know becomes like there's there's some there's like monster i think was one of them and i i told this story about uh an enforcer boarding a ship that has been taken over and there's a there's a giant monster in, in the back Maybe we find out that the enforcers are the real monsters all along. <laughs> Man, I got to check that page out. I nerded out when I did my Forces of Nature Army and had like a little background story. It's just a little one page thing, but yeah, it really got my creative juices flowing. And that's where this Undead Army came from. It's like an idea where it's going to be a continuation of everything. Oh, awesome. I'm, I can't wait to check, the, check that page out. That sounds really cool. Yeah. They all live together in Trentonville. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's just, you know, forces of nature and the undead against those pesky humans who keep wanting to cut their trees down. You know, what are they doing? <laughs> what the heck? To, to also throw it out there, because I know I know sometimes Mantic, some some people come from the outside, kind of knock the the lore a little bit. That's not not as good as other things that have been around for, you know, 30, 40 years. Yeah. And only have a, you know, a decade and change to, to build their own. Uh, but I've been reading some of the books that have been coming out from Windhazar Publishing. I just started reading Nature's Night. What's really fun about it is it picks up a sto- one of the short stories from Edge of the Abyss, which was an anthology collection. And I got to say, the the writers that write about Night Stalkers, dude, they when they get it cold, like it is the most terrifying thing you could possibly think of your like nightmares becoming a reality and, and and bursting from your imagination into you know the world around you and, and being hunted through the hills by scarecrows. Like it's it's some spooky stuff. Yeah. So just wanted to shout out that like the the books that have been coming out and the stories that have been getting told in in the you know in the Kings of War space and hopefully we're gonna be getting some more in the uh the Warpath universe. Like they they've been consistently very enjoyable. Uh, from my perspective, so definitely check those out if if you're if you're diving into it. You know, there's there's the I think it's is it a free digital book for the the lore? So out of the big rule book, they took the lore and they made it a separate download, which you can get from the Mantic website. Yeah, check out that stuff too. Like it's all it's all really good. Absolutely. Well, with that, let's take a quick commercial break, and on the other side, we'll get in the main topic: Adepticon 2023. Adepticon. Adepticon. We'll be right back. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. Welcome back to Counter Charge. So we've been chatting a little bit, but 
now it's time to focus our chat onto Adepticon. And we said, well, who can we get to, talk, to speak to Adepticon? Who's been there many times? The, one of the many minions in <laughs> Community Pat's army. Brian is the man. And uh, you, how many times have you been there working for Mantic at Adepticon? Like I said uh, earlier, I think at least three times I've done it as, as a Pathfinder or helping out in some capacity. Uh, I mean, even even that first time uh, where where Rick was running things, and I was just there to to play, spent a lot of time just kind of helping out. And because uh, I mean, you know, it's it's you know the people that run it are really nice, and you know, be being supportive for them is another great way to kind of you know support the community because they're a lot of them are are volunteering to to put these things on, and uh, you know making their lives easier is is nice to do. Not just saying that for myself, I'm not, <laughs> but like, you know, the Kings of War uh, tournaments. Uh, I know there's uh, a team uh, tournament, I believe, this year, too. Uh, that should be a really exciting time. So, Yeah, there's lots of good stuff. We talked about on the last episode, Doubles event is on Thursday. Then we've got Armada and Firefight on Friday. And then the big yep. Kings of War two-day GT on Saturday and Sunday. And Dead Zone is on Saturday as well. So yes. full slate of Mantic games. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> What I like about Mantic Games, though, is it's all in that one. What is that? What's the room? Utopia. Yeah. So we're all in that one side of the room, which is kind of nice. It's kind of like the Mantic community is all they have a home at Adepticon. It's in this one space. And you can and you can see like there's a lot of us. I remember was it one year Kings of War? It was like the the big I forget the busy. The, it was like the the world championship or something like that. And there was like, was it 50 or 60 players just for Kings of War? It was crazy. Yeah, back in 2019, I think we had 65 players. So, and, and I think we're going to beat that this year. Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah, this year now, because we're in 2023. Yeah. The distant future <laughs> of 2023. <laughs> we're in the future. The future is now. Give us a sense of like, what is your time at Adepticon like? What do you have to do to help with, you know, running this this circus, if you will. So like running, running a tournament, it's not, it's not as scary as it sounds ultimately. Um, because again, like the, the community around it, the players that are drawn to uh, Mantic's games, at least in my experience have always been a very positive crowd, a very supportive and, and congenial group. But like, so when, when it comes to the tournaments, you know, a big thing is like you mentioned at the top of the show, early registration is really handy. And important because knowing how many players uh, are going to be at the event tells us what we have to prepare as far as table space, uh, uh, terrain, uh, everything like that, packets and, and information. Prize support is, is a big component. You know, the, a lot of these events base their uh, what prize support they, they contribute to, to an event based on their, their pre-registrations. So that's it. it all kind of factors in, you know, absolutely. If you can, you know, you're going, you know, the early, the early registration really helps us out on, on the back end. And it tells us, you know, if, if a game is going to be really popular, we can order more tickets, um, but we can only do so up to a, you know, a certain extent to, to increase that, that, uh, that upper limit. But uh, so, so once we kind of know how many people are coming, that lets us know, okay, we have to, we have, to have this much table space available for our events. Uh, these are the number of, for Dead Zone, we have, okay, we have to have, you know, 10 mats for 20 players. We have to have this much terrain per mat. And so that comes in the form of, we have a bunch that are prepared that, that are for 
official big, big tournament events that are all kind of stored by community pats uh, in, in the, the big storage unit where a lot of stuff is, is from. But then it's, you know, sometimes it is like, oh man, we're going to have, we're going to have more people, you know, sometimes have to supplement uh, some of that terrain with our own. Or when you're running kind of a smaller local event like the Michigan GT, uh, I, I think I was bringing pretty much all of the, well, myself and, and a couple others were bringing all the terrain ourselves. So I had to prepare like at least two to three tables terrain and, and you want it to look good. So you got to paint it up. And, and that was, that was another part of my hobby stuff throughout the year was like, I, I went big into painting up terrain, uh, 3d printed terrain at that. That's, that's much more durable for travel, but yeah. So, so once you, you have your, your tables, you got your terrain day of the event, you usually get there as early as you can to set up those, those tables. So, um, you know, you set them up in, in a fashion that they won't need changing uh, throughout the day as, as much as you can, like, uh, you know, different scenarios and picking those out. You'll, you'll do it based on uh, the, the, the layout of, of a map. Um, for, for instance, at the Michigan GT, there's, there was a one scenario in the, the dead zone tournament that I had, I had picked had a very specific terrain requirement that was like a double stack in the middle of the map. And what happened is all of those uh, mats wound up looking the same because they all needed this terrain requirement. Um, so that's just throwing out another consideration. But yeah, so, so you pick the scenarios, uh, you try to base them on what will give us the most balanced uh, interaction from, from a player perspective. And trying to, I, I put the packets together too. So it's like, oh, just go down, go down the line of, of you know, having all the rules written out, scheduling how long each game is going to take, um, figuring out all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of the the busy work, the paper pushing and, and everything like that. But you know, once it all comes together, and we have a lot of templates at this point now that I, I just copy and paste from other ones, and I, I do try to make those available to like the other Mantic Pathfinders, like, hey. I've got our dead zone tournament down to a, a two pager kind of tournament sheet. That way we're not printing off, you know, a, a ream of paper every time we're running an event, just stuff like that. I have been trying to use the, the Mantic companion app it has a tournament tool built into it. Now I have been working on using that incorporating that into my events and stuff. Um, so that that's been kind of handy because uh, the, you know, you can lay out, here's the players, uh, do any kind of matchups that you need to. You can adjust uh, the the player posting uh, in in between events and and whatnot. And uh, but yeah, trying to. I, I realize I am kind of wandering around this question and and touching on a lot of different elements of it. But uh, and then and then running the events. You know, more often than not, if you're not a ringer yourself, where you're actually having to play. Uh, it's kind of a, a fun, chill time because you're just watching people play and, and have, have those great moments of triumph or, or you know, just disastrous uh, <laughs> dice rolls that, that get you killed. And you're always kind of just watching to make sure everyone's having a good time. You know, if, if needed, I think it's only ever happened to me once, the, the tap on the shoulder is like, hey, okay, you know, you need to, you need to chill, <laughs> you know, or you know, don't. Don't touch the other player's mini. <laughs> that, that came up. That was a very distinct one, is especially in dead zone where positioning is so important. It's like you, you know, if if it's you know, you can position, okay, you can tell me I'll put it there, kind of thing. But like 
you ask permission before you touch somebody else's mini. (laughs) Very important. But yeah, and then and then of course for me, you know, you run you run the events, you pair people up. I've I've gotten kind of pretty pretty used to doing the the uh, Swiss style scoring just in my head practically of like okay, these people get paired up, these people get paired up, and, and to keep the game flowing from one to the other. And at the end of it all, uh, I know I personally fret way too much than I I need to about the prize support. Uh, or, or prizes and how we want to divvy them out to people. Because uh, one, one thing we found is, you know, at least from, from our perspective, like when you're, when you're at an event and you have those people that like they win, they win everything, they win big and they win routinely. Do you really need to give them a new faction starter, right? Or, you know, a mega army. They already have them all. They already have yeah. them, right? And so, <laughs> so one thing we've been doing, and I, I think... I think we even picked this up from a previous countercharge discussion because you guys, like, I love the content you guys have done on tournaments. It's been incredibly helpful for for running our own of doing the, okay, the person at the bottom of the list, they get to pick a prize. And it's, it's you pick a prize as opposed to... That's great. There'll be some dedicated ones that are not game related, you might say. Like, you know, there's there's like trophies and, a, and mugs and... Yeah. And... Uh, uh, like store credit or, or what have you like that obviously will go to uh, the people that win. But like, as far as like, here's, here's product that is going to be going out to people really letting folks kind of come and, and make their choice. And especially from the back on forward uh, we found has just been incredibly uh, motivating for our players. Like they, they've really enjoyed that, that component of it. It lets those people that, you know, maybe struggling with, you know, the, the faction, they've got one army and that's all they, they maybe could afford at the time. And it's like, man, I'm just doing terrible with that. Well, I wound up on the bottom of the list. Oh, I'm going to try out Forge Fathers. You know, maybe Nameless wasn't working for me uh, kind of thing. And, and you know, just making sure uh, everyone has has a fun time, I think, uh, is, a, is a big factor for us. So you're, you're managing fun and and... Usually it goes really well and everyone's happy and um, there's no tears or anything like that. Everyone's just saying, I can't wait for the next event. And that's, that's what you want to leave them with, right? Is, is you want them excited for, you know, I want to come around for, for Michigan GT, you know, in, in six odd months or whatever it is. Um, and uh, yeah. And so apart from actual of the running of those events, then, it's uh okay, Pat. What do you need? You know, we go up to the booth, we run demos. There's a couple of side games uh, that we sometimes run. Uh, one is called like Dead Zone Doom Ball, which is a fun. Uh, if you've ever played Rocket League, uh, it's like that, but with Veerman Tunnel Runners, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's a hoot. It's there. There's been some really fun creative things that uh, John Jack. Uh, one of the other uh, more prominent uh, pathfinders in in Pat's uh, you know arsenal uh, is always always a fun guy to to hang around with. Um, but yeah, so uh, apart from that, another thing is is just like the pickup games you can get at at a tournament is always a, a fun thing to uh, to do in between games as well. And I, I realized, like I said, that was quite the rambling answer. I feel like I covered it all, but not in a you know linear fashion. Uh, is there any other questions related to it that I can I can, you know, maybe answer? 
you're running the firefight event. Yep. And the dead zone event, I assume. Yes. Do we know yet who's running the Armada event? Is that going to be Dev Slavin or? So as of right now, I'm planning to run it unless we find somebody that else that, that might be able to. Who wants to run it, right? Because I yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause where, where are you out Friday and Saturday? Two events on Friday and one on Saturday. That'd be a lot. Yeah. And I, I've got like an hour in between Armada and Firefight. Um, so, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I'll do it. Uh, I can do it. I'm, I'm available if needed. Did you run it last year at Adepticon? Rick ran it. And he's. We should. We should. We should mention that he's not coming this year. Yes, it, it's not looking like Rick is going to be joining us at Adepticon this year. He has some family vacation time coming up at at the same uh, uh, time. I believe it's like a spring break for for his kids and whatnot. Tournament where it's due. You know, he's he's been doing uh, you know this this tournament circuit quite a while as well. It's good and healthy to to take some family time. Uh, so he will be missed, but he will return in the sequel, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. So what do you got planned for Firefight? I know we, we've mentioned on the previous episodes, a thousand points. Yep. Uh, any idea yet of missions or anything you want to, you know, have you guys done the player pack yet? So we have the, like the, the rules packet is put together, the scenario like packet. Uh, I, that's how I kind of differentiate them. It has not been uh, finalized just yet, but the the ones that we ran at the Michigan GT, uh, I think went really well. It is going to be a three-game event, so we're only doing three three games. And, and part of that, too, is really kind of getting the feel of, you know, what can we all do with 1,000 points in the time limit that we've, we've kind of set up? Because uh, basically it's... It, like a giant six hour block is kind of what we've, we've picked for it. You know, I, I, I did listen to your guys's uh, episode talking about firefights and running uh, firefight events. And it's kind of funny that like, I listened to it after uh, I submitted the tournament packet. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like bumping it up to like 1200 might not have been a, a bad idea. No, I, I think, think a, I think a thousand points perfect for, for a yeah. one, for a, for an event on an evening much more pl- new player friendly. Yeah. And also it saves me from painting 200 more points. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of where my model account was at at the same time. Yeah. Cause it, cause it's, we're starting at three and it's probably going to go to like around nine. And so, you know, like I said, it's going to be a three, three game event. It's, it's the premiere of it at Adepticon, uh, first, second edition. So, uh, I don't know what the count is now for firefight tournaments in the U.S. And and feel free to correct me. I think the Michigan GT was the first. I believe so. And this will be the first thousand point event in the U.S. Yeah, I think it will be. Feel free to cor- you know correct us in the the comments below and and engage. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be um, you know getting a feel for. You know what we can do with thousand points. It's it's still kind of a newer game for folks. That said, like firefight plays like so cleanly. Uh, I I mentioned before we started recording. Like I've technically only played like three games, but I absolutely love it. Like the the mechanics of it just just they sing right. They they really uh, everything really clicks together. And I think we've only had like small little. Uh, uh, like correction kind of things in, in FAQ and Arata at this point. It's just such a clean rule set. It, it really is. Like mm-hmm. I played half a game for my first time, and the next time I played, I didn't even have to look at the rule book. Absolutely. Like it, it's yeah, it's so clean, and it's not 
it's clean, but it's not boring, right? Like you're still yeah. engaged, and it's it's just the perfect mix between the two of playability and uh, it being fun too. Mm-hmm. I I wholeheartedly agree. Um, and and yeah, so so uh, this will be uh, running my second. Well, actually, by by the time Adepticon rolls around, this will be my third firefight tournament because we're gonna squeeze one in in February uh, in the Michigan area. And so, um, you know, we're coordinating that event right now, so I can't give you a, a solid date yet, but, uh, as soon as I know you will, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun time. I think the, the scenarios that we have to pick from, like we have are some really good sets to, to pull from, um, uh, believe we're going to be going with, uh, four by sixes as far as table size goes, um, cause you can play at a smaller level, but at a thousand points, bumping it up, I think works out. Uh, we did 800 for uh, the Michigan GT when it really was a learning experience because the game had only been out for you know a handful of months at that point, and we were all still learning it ourselves. Yeah, I think that that covers a lot of it. It should be a really fun time. I know I know a handful of the people that are already coming are, are some of the great players of all these Mantic games. Uh, is it was really neat to. It was tough to coordinate these events, actually. Like that's, I guess that's one one thing from the back end that we always get we always get flack for. Just so you guys know, we talk long and hard about okay, if we're pitting this game and this game against each other, like you know, how is that going to affect our our player count? We love to have everyone play every game that they possibly could. Math is just working against us on that one, like current you know time is is of the essence and the factor that's always you're fighting against so um but but firefight and armada like armada had i think 30 players uh last year it was huge it was huge it, last year it was, it was and that was the premiere uh for that and i i think we're we go get it you'll get at least that we're gonna get at least that um i think for firefight as well uh i i think the game has been uh really popular uh, especially in our, you know, in these game groups, I think people are, have enjoyed bringing out all their vehicles, bumping up their model counts uh, that they, you know, you keep it small for dead zone, but now firefight, you got squads of guys. Uh, I think people are really stoked to, to play it and I'm, I'm really excited to run it. So. Sounds like you're going to be super busy. Are you going to have time to do anything else while you're at Adepticon this year? Well, on the plus side, um, the dead zone event is, is kind of the morning on Saturday. And uh, so that should get done kind of early afternoon. And so from that, uh, I don't technically have anything scheduled for the rest of Adepticon, which means I'm going to be helping Pat out at the booth. But there are a handful of us that are, are planning to get together and get some Dreadball in. Uh, unfortunately, we, we just we couldn't fit it into the schedule this Absolutely. year. Uh, Dreadball is is a fantastic game. Well, we should say it's your it's your favorite game. Yeah, like like Dreadball, Dead Zone, they're they're like neck and neck. Firefight is like a very close third now, um, but Dreadball is, is an absolutely fantastic game. Um, and like I said, we we unfortunately we just uh, didn't have the the people to really support having that uh, fit into the schedule this year. There are still a nice core set of people that that play it uh, that are going to be at the event, and so uh, we're we're planning to to get together. I don't know if we'll do like a mini league in a night kind of thing where where you play you know the equivalent of a campaign, 
in, in just like one crazy evening uh, that goes for six hours or, or if we're just going to do a round robin, all right, I want to play you. Let's go. Dreadball ultimate, right? Dreadball ultimate, where you can have up to six players in a head to head game, which I, I just, you know, I'll throw it out there. I did win that last year. <laughs> <laughs> just a casual reminder. Just a yeah. casual reminder. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> Schultz, who? Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Burbage, what? <laughs> the key is that I'm usually really quiet while we're playing because everyone else is talking to ourselves, and I'm just like... Well, that's the great thing. If five people are jumping on each other, you're just sort of sitting back and letting them wipe each other out. Then at the end, you're like, oh, I'm still here. And not, not picking fights with anybody. I'm just, you know, I'm just my own score. Apart from that, you know, I'm going to be round robining for uh, for Pat to, to, you know, anything that they need at the booth, whether it's, you know, do a, a grub run or a uh, uh, you know demoing demoing the games. Demoing the games is always fun. I actually had a lot of fun last year doing uh, Hellboy, which is a game that that's kind of outside my my normal uh, uh, space. You know, I don't don't play those games as often, uh, but I had a lot of fun running it for people. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing time. I, I'm I'm I think it's man. I think the numbers are going to be solid this year. I think there's going to be a lot of participation. Yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement for Armada and for Firefight. Kings of War is still the granddaddy. That's you know, mm-hmm. Mike Carter is going to run a great event for both the doubles yeah. and the the uh, Adaptive Clash two day GT. So we're really excited about that. So um, don't forget, people listening, if you need a partner for the doubles event, make sure you put it in the post that we put up on January first. Looking, mm-hmm. you know, let us know that you're coming. And if you need a partner and if you need an army, let us know that too. We, we're, we're, there's a couple of people that are be traveling with limited space. So we are, we are, we're going to try to match people up and get, get two players together and make sure that you have what you need to, to be successful because that's probably one of the best events, right? Like a doubles event is, doesn't get any more fun than that. Oh yeah. Playing with one of your friends and normally at an event, like a, a depth of clash, you're going to play five players. You're gonna have a great time. I don't know if it's three or four games for the doubles event, but you're, going to play against two people right and this partner that you got so you're going to meet like a lot more people than the normal in a normal environment and it's all done in one day so i'm super excited and and again like i said make sure to ask your partner and your opponent where they are from because they might be literally in your backyard <laughs> i've said the story many times but like i just got back from michigan and and it was real snowy out we had a game day set up at evolution games we're like we're gonna and it just, it, it, it was, it, the, the weather's bad. So I grabbed my little battle foam army bag and I trudged across the street yep. <laughs> from my mother's house. I knocked on Daniel's door. Daniel, Brian, yep. Let's play games, buddy. <laughs> we got a couple games in and. Daniel's a great guy. He is amazing. For those that haven't seen his Dragon's Horde, look, look on Facebook. I posted some pictures. I have never seen a Flames of War collection painted collection as big as that it was huge but he had twice as much not painted so like I, i'm like man he's got a problem let's be honest <laughs> i think he said he has 175 kickstarters that he's backed wow it, it was it was it was amazing like i, I was jealous like every game i th- or every kickstarter I, I i even like remotely thought about like the truck door <laughs> strong bad board game he's got yeah. it i'm like and it's not even opened yet <laughs> Daniel, this is amazing. I, I would get lost in that treasure trove uh, for a very long time. So, yeah, it's a good point, Brian. You did this a couple years ago at Michigan GT. You're like, hey, Scott, where do you live? And next thing you know, now you've got a built-in person right that right around the corner. Yeah. And he's like-minded. He likes the sci-fi stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, and and Kings of War. Like we we play all of the above uh, together, so that's been fun. Need to get them uh, converted for Dreadball yet, but that'll that'll come. <laughs> Absolutely, working on it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you going to play in any events? Or are you just you're just going to run it and do a lot of demos? Not this time, apart from probably getting some pickup games in uh, of Dreadball or, or Dead Zone or you know whatever's around because that's another fun thing uh, about adepticon is like they have game tables set up and everything like that you i remember i think the first year that that i went as as a player we spent all the rest of our time playing star saga out front of the <laughs> the game area so um yeah it, it's it's a it's a fun time to to just you know if, if you if you don't have an event going or or you have a little break like you can just go find a table throw down uh, some minis against uh, your opponent or, or your buddy, you know, have a good time. So I, I, I will be there. You know, if you, if you want to get a game against me, you know, probably just come up to the booth and say, I want a demo. And I'm like, <laughs> well, and maybe we can find someone else to run the Armada tournament and you can play in the Armada tournament. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I have enough. I was going to say, do you have a fleet? That's the only thing. I have a two player demo set, but uh, I haven't, haven't built up a, a fleet just yet of, of, like a two, two. I think it's a two hundred point level is is what that tournament's going to be at. Trent, what else you got on your uh, for questions and comments and topics and stuff? Uh, I don't want to derail what we were talking about too too much, but I did have one question for you, Brian. Number one, could you just do quick like what is a Pathfinder? Because you know, oh yeah, all the listeners might not know. And then number two, uh, why did you decide to be a Pathfinder? Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it, it probably would have been better to lead with that. Uh, <laughs> so if you're if you're to this point, and you're like, what is this guy talking about? Why is he talking like he's an enforcer uh, model of running around? Uh, so Pathfinders are basically Mantic's community outreach uh, group. So we're, we're volunteers have a have a connection to Mantic, and and we kind of go out uh, and as as kind of an official member to to present the games to you know a gaming community whether that's you know doing store demos at stores or running tournaments or things like that it's kind of the the officially sanctioned uh group of folks and and that that's that's our big goal right is is to get people playing these games uh because you know mantic's done a great job is once they start playing like the the drop rate on, on people leaving these games, uh, especially especially with where their games are our rule sets are at now, I think is is very slim. I think that the gameplay really speaks to itself. And so if you can get people playing the games, uh, you know, you if you build it, they will come. Uh, is is kind of the big <laughs> motto for us. I've been uh, you know doing demos at uh, I've got a, a local shop that's just a, a you know a couple miles away. And uh, I'm going to be doing demos there actually in January here uh, next week when, no, the day after this episode, airs, uh, I'll be doing tomorrow. <laughs> and so that'll be uh, a fun time. And, you know, it, it really is just kind of, you put yourself out there, you know, try to engage with, with folks and uh, you just, Show them that you're having a great time. Other people are having a great time and that they can have a great time too. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not the folks that go around bashing other people's games or anything like that. It's counter to it. 
not counterintuitive. It's counter to the mission, right? It's counterproductive, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You just focus it, on why you love Kings of War and Mantic games. Yeah. If people like those other games, great. I'm glad they love a game. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there has been times where it's like, you know, I'll play your game if you then, you know, come and play mine. And, uh, and, you know, we've, we've converted people, uh, from, from a variety of different games, uh, over as well. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the Mantic Pathfinders in a nutshell, those of us in the U S and there's, uh, some in, uh, the UK and, and I think further abroad. And so like, for me, the, the big thing, why I wanted to become one, you know, even though, you know, Rick at the, at the time I was living in the same city as him and we, we literally game, you know, two to three times a, a month if I couldn't get him away for like multiple times a week. That was, that was back when I was a bachelor. So uh, it was a little easier back then. It, it was, it was always that thing where it's like, I really enjoy like seeing those people play these games and have fun and, and just being, being a, a, a component of get, you know, being that messenger to say, Hey, you have to check out this game. Um, I think you'll really like it or, you know, complete strangers, right. You know, you're, you have to put yourself out there. I won't lie. It, it can be tough. It can be intimidating and it can be exhausting. You know, running, running some events, you know, I've had it where I have 12 people saying that they're coming to an event and six show up, you know, the day of. And it's just like, man, guys, but those six players that came had an absolute blast. And so that's, that's the big thing for me is, is that community aspect and, and helping that grow, you know, without, without that growth, you know, playing basement games is fun and all. You know, you can have your core set of, of friends that you you play together with. But if we want to keep having uh, this, this these great games coming from Mantic and, and the models and everything like that, we need more people playing it. It's, it is a reality, but it's not a, a bad reality to be in, right? Because that just means that there's so many more people we can we can bring in. We have no upper limit, right? It's like, man, we've we've completely exhausted the population's interest in tabletop games. No, there's there's plenty of people out there, like 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 my story, right? Where it's like I I left miniature games for a long time, and as soon as I started rolling dice and playing with the the toy soldiers, man, it all came rushing back. There's there's plenty of people out there, and there's there's plenty that are starting, right? That they're starting on their miniature journey. Rick's first like tabletop miniature game was Dead Zone First Edition, you know, which again, you know, came out ten years ago, uh, something like that. And it was a game for him and his daughter to play and his son to play. And then eventually he did that step of like, I want to get some other people interested in this. It's a a small fraternity, but you know, it, it helps us regionally uh, having people kind of help build up communities in these spaces. And then we can have them fight each other, right? Like that's that's one of the great things. Like, um, you know, it, it's fun having the the Ohio guys, my Carter's group, come and play. You know, the the Lansing and the Mount Pleasant Kings of War guys, like all all face off against each other. I know that was kind of the plan for your game that got snowed out. You know that that is that is so much fun. It's a it's a great way to meet people. It's hard when you're an adult no longer in, in education or anything like that. And, and I work as a small business where I, I don't have a lot of foot traffic, you know, new people coming in or anything like that. So it's a great way to 
just kind of go out and meet people that isn't like going to a, a club or a pub or what, what have you. Yeah. Long-winded way of answering your very simple question. <laughs> no, yeah. We will have an episode coming up on the Pathfinder program. Oh, cool. As part of our community building series. And obviously Brian will be on that show yeah. with a few other Pathfinders from around the globe. So mm-hmm. uh, stay tuned and look to that. That's coming down the pipe. If you're interested, if that sparks your interest and that, that speaks to you, uh, Mantic has, you know, there's a page up on their website about the, their Mantic Pathfinder program. At least when I got started, like the requirements were like you had to present a picture of your minis that you have to have like you have to have a Mantic army to demo and you have to have it painted. The big thing is, you know, you want to put that best foot forward. It's like you need to, to showcase their, their products and whatnot. The goal is ultimately community part and parcel with, uh, you know, making sales. <laughs> You're not, you're not officially a salesperson. I won't. You're an evangelist. Yeah, you're an evangelist. Yeah. You're a champion of these, these games. Even more excited about Adepticon now. <laughs> Don't forget, registration opens today. Yes. January 8th at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Get in there, buy those tickets, register for those events, so that Mantic has to go back to the Adepticon staff and say, I need more table space. Because if you don't do that, they will give the space away to other games, you know, and that's been a problem historically with the Kings of War scene is that they wait, they wait, they wait. And then they're like, oh, we can't increase the size of the event because Middle Earth or Bolt Action or take pick. I think the Michigan GT ran into that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly right. One good way to support the game mm-hmm. is when you sign up, sign up early, pay, yes. help those TOs out so they know how many they can start planning. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm like, I can gush about these games all the time. I just can't wait. I just can't wait. Yeah. Well, Brian, thanks for coming on and chatting with us all about Adepticon. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see you again. And you know, in a couple months, we'll be hanging out. Yeah. Maybe we'll even have to record a podcast at the event. Absolutely. Rick will not be there. Hopefully, you'll be there though, and you'll be getting some content for Dead Zone the podcast. I hope. Yeah, I'll 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 have my little tricorder thing again. <laughs> It worked out really well at the Michigan GT. Once it kind of calibrates and figures out what what's background sound and what people are speaking, I need to hold it closer to myself, of course. But that's what that's what fixing it in post is all about. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, any shout outs from you guys? Any events coming up that we want to before that kind of we we need to mention? Like I said, uh, in the Michigan area, we are going to have a firefight tournament. Uh, we are we are coordinating it with Upkeep Games in Howell, Howell, Michigan. It's a great little store. We actually just ran a dead zone tournament there in December. And it's it's a lot of the same folks I, I think are going to be at that one plus some. Uh, so go and check that out. Uh, as soon as I have the, the, the dates locked in with the venue, really, and uh, that'll be kind of uh, in place. And so uh, look for that on the, the Michigan Mantic community uh, is our little Facebook group. You know, free to, to, to sign up. It's a great little set of guys. Yep. Link in the show notes to the Facebook group. Yeah. And yeah. And I guess uh, the last thing I, I got to say is just, woo, go Rebs. They will get to firefight at some point. They will get to firefight at some point. I know Ronnie is a heaven and hawing about, oh, production cost. And I'm like, eh, there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> hey, at least he's talking about it. Yeah. He's talking about it. Like, it it is a question everyone is is been asking. So and and Mantic's good about not not a squeaky wheel syndrome kind of thing, but like they listen to the community. It's like okay, people not only want this, they need it. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Got to have reps in your life. Yes. <laughs>
I was talking to Chris Thomas earlier today, and he is planning on having a one-day firefight tournament. I want to say 25 February. Nothing is set in stone yet, still working it. But if you're in the Frankfurt, Germany area, right, that's where it's going to be. So one-day, 1,000-point, three-game firefight tournament should be a blast. Is he going to show up this time, though? (laughs) No, he'll be there. He'll be there. (laughs) I'll be there, too. (laughs) <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds like great practice for Adepticon. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Well, very cool, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I love I love Countercharge. And we'll definitely get you on when we get we're gonna record that Pathfinder episode here in the near future. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that one. I feel like the the path. I think um, I don't know. I probably met Pathfinders before, but whenever I hear it, I'm like, oh, it's like the secret society <laughs> who's like pulling the strings in the background. You know, we're just a whole bunch of nerds. And- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, a bunch of people that are real passionate about Mantic games. A bunch of them that are very extroverted and. <laughs> Hey man, I got I got to give it to you though. I just want to say thank you for you know volunteering your time because oh, you're absolutely. taking time and not playing at Adepticon. So the like the rest of us facilitating play, others' enjoy. fun. Yeah, that's awesome. No, it's that's part of the joy of it too, right? Uh, seeing seeing people have uh, a great time. Well, Trent, you want to take us out? Well, thanks for joining us today, and keep counter charging. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Counter Charge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Well, Trent, you want to take us out? What am I supposed to say again? I always forget. Whatever you want. Yeah, and if you don't say it right, man. I'll make fun of you. you know, yeah, yeah, I know you will. You'll like sound bite me and start putting it on all of the episodes. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today and keep counter charging.